Hey guys, my name is Enoch. Um, 35 years old. I was born in Bulgaria and I currently live in Costa Rica. Um, this is my testimony of how I came to Jesus Christ. Before I start sharing it, I would really like to pray together with you um, because the Bible says that without him we can do nothing. And um, I'd like to say a quick prayer. So I thank you guys for listening and I hope this encourages you. So Father God, I thank you for who you are. I pray for those watching, whether they're born again or not. I pray to those who are not born again that your spirit would come upon them, bring conviction of sin. And also, Lord, I pray that there would be um, a strong conviction of your love for them and a desire for them, Lord, that you desire them, that they would know that you care so much and want them to come to you. And for those that are born again, Lord, I just pray that this will strengthen their faith and encourage them. And I pray, God, that it'll bring more unity within the body. So, Father, we invite you. I invite you, Lord, into my words, into my mind. I thank you, Lord God, for everything you've done in my life. And I just praise your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Amen, guys. So, um, yeah, so I was, I was born in Bulgaria. Um, at the age of one, I, I broke my leg. And I'll try to hit some important parts here that I feel God is telling me to share. Small details. I broke my leg and um, my family was on their way to fly to Canada. They already had bought tickets and I broke my leg. They couldn't cancel the tickets. So instead of losing the money, they decided to leave me with my grandparents. And um, as they left me with my grandparents, we thought we'd only be apart for a couple months, but it ended up that I didn't see them again until I was about three and a half, uh, roughly. And um, you know, you can imagine from one to three and a half, if you haven't seen your parents, you probably don't recognize them. You're just that one year old, you don't remember too much. And um, it was hard. I didn't have a strong connection with my parents from the beginning. I loved my father and my mother, but they were young. My mom was 18 when she had me and my dad, I think was like 20, 20 years old or something like that or 21. And they were both very immature. They didn't know the Lord. They weren't walking with Jesus. Um, and so of course there was a struggle there. Um, early on at the age of seven, one of the more traumatic events in my life was um, my mother and father fighting and my my father cheating on my mother and me very being very um, aware of that even at the age of seven i was very aware of what he was doing and then my mother you know seeking uh, help ended up dating another man and uh, that just created a, a strong disunity between the both of them and um, there was some legal action taken where my dad went to jail for about two weeks um, and then he was deported back into bulgaria back into the country of his origin so my mom remained in the States with me. She worked really hard. She worked um, almost every night. I know she rarely had days off. She was constantly working to make ends meet, to take care of me. And yet 
because she was working so much and she was young and she she had boyfriends and you know she was trying to find that person that would you know that would love her and that would that would basically replace you know my father you know as a father figure in my life i don't think she ever really found one um, maybe now but during that time when i was growing up she didn't really find anyone and so it was hard there was a disconnect between me and my mom and my dad of course because i didn't really know him too well um so right there there was really like a sense of um, almost like abandonment and I feel like that led to some deep depression um, I was always a very loving kid always trying to do what's right I know the Bible says in Romans that God's made it very plain to us through his uh, creation and through the moral compass he's placed within us that he exists so I had a faith in God that there was something out there someone that created me but I didn't know I didn't know him as father and I didn't know that I could experience him through Jesus Christ so no one ever really shared the gospel with me um, and so I, I fell into deep depression. Um, I started to slowly lose any, any understanding of who God is. I think the last time I experienced anything of God when I was young was at the age of, I think nine or I think it was like nine years old. Um, I had to do my schoolwork and the teacher was going to be there that day and I was going to get a zero because I didn't do my work. And I remember, um, praying like one of the first times ever getting on my knees and praying and saying like, Hey God, you know, if you exist and you hear me please help me um, to have an extra day so that I can um, I can finish my schoolwork and not get a zero. And uh, the next day I went to school and the teacher was sick and there was a substitute teacher and um, we didn't have to turn any of our assignments because she had no knowledge of it so we couldn't review it. And so I got an extra day. And uh, you know, Romans 7 says the things I wanna do, I don't do, but the things I wanna do, those things, um, the things I don't want to do, those things I do, the things I want to do, those things I don't do. And um, hopefully I said that right. And um, I remember even though I got that extra day, I didn't do my homework anyway. I still got a zero. So even even though God was gracious and merciful and answered my prayer, um, now I know I don't know if he made the teacher sick, right? But he definitely answered my prayer by her not being there. And I still wasn't faithful um, to him and do my schoolwork. So even there, I was rebellious. Anyway, I think that was probably the last time I prayed and um, I don't remember praying after that much. And then as I went to school, learning about um, evolution, and um, which is a lie, and um, learning about you know how we came from uh, animals and this goo and all this, and just these different uh, scientific facts um, really dissuade me from just that there, I, I really thought, okay, there's no creator. And it was not just that, but it was also a mix of just people being very, very horrible in the world including myself you know with all my flaws and issues and and i thought to myself you know if god existed why wouldn't he do something about such a broken world and i remember being young and just trying to love on people and just trying to be um just just a just like a loving human being and i remember being bullied all the time when i would stand up for what's right and uh, i remember i think i was like 10 years old i remember like an egg got thrown at me while i was walking back home from school it was terrible Having egg yolk just running down your, your face and on your back, um, not the best experience. I remember um, one of the bullies at school uh, one day tried to attack me um, on my way home and I finally blew up. I usually, I didn't like to fight. I thought fighting was just, I didn't want to cause violence on other people. I just saw people as like important, you know? So that like treat your neighbor as yourself really was embedded in me even without any knowledge of the Bible. And um, I remember he like, he, he came over and, and tried to attack me. 
And I remember knocking him, because he was spitting on me, and I remember knocking him off his bicycle as he was spitting on me. And I, this rage just overcame me. And I decided, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight back. I'm tired of this. Why am I even, why am I being so nice when they're being so hateful towards me? What does it even matter? And I remember choking him so for so long that his face turned purple and blue. And the only thing that stopped me from killing him that day was uh, my, my friend's dad came out and ripped me off of him with like this man strength, you know? So uh, yeah, that was kind of like my first real rage. Uh, after that, I started to do wrestling and football and weightlifting, and uh, I definitely had anger built up. Um, I was very socially awkward because of uh, growing up the way I did, kind of isolated at home by myself. And so I didn't have any girlfriends, all my friends were dating, and I was always waiting for that one. It's funny, in my heart, I always wanted to just like have a girlfriend that loved me and I love her, and then one day get married and just devote myself to her. All my friends were sleeping around, and I just didn't want to be a part of that. And um, so anyway, so quickly, you know, I, I fell into addiction to video games, pornography, um, uh, alcohol. I wasn't addicted to alcohol, but when I would drink, I would try to outdrink others and just get wasted. Um, I could drink more than other people because of my weight. I'm about 225 pounds right now. And when I used to weightlift, I was about 240. Um, and so I could drink quite a bit. And so I just really enjoyed, um, I guess, right, it's part of the ego. I enjoyed uh, being competitive. So I got into football and wrestling and all these things. Well, fast forward many years, I got my first real serious girlfriend. We dated for about five and a half years. Um, she ended up seeing someone else after five and a half years, getting pregnant, uh, marrying this other guy. My heart was like totally shattered. Up until that point, I tried to always be faithful and just do what was right you know, even though we weren't married. But at that point I was like, well, it, it doesn't really matter, right? Like people don't seem to care at all about me or about what I, about me loving them back. They just want to use me. So I became very callous in my heart. And at that point I've been suffering with depression for about 11 years or so. And I think a total of all the years I had depression up until I got saved was about um, probably like 14, 14 years of depression. And sometimes it'd be so heavy, it'd just come over me and I just, I didn't want to live, I didn't want to do anything, but I was always too afraid to take my life. I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. Um, and um, yeah, so that's my dog barking in the background. <laughs> so apologies. Um, let's see. So I met another girl. She was uh, bisexual at the time. We started sleeping around with uh, other girls and I started having the lifestyle I thought was going to fulfill me, having threesomes occasionally and doing cocaine and smoking weed every day, like Bob Marley. Every morning I'd wake up, just get high, um, be high in the morning, high every hour. If I run out of weed, we have to get more. We spent so much money on weed. And ironically, it wasn't even my money. I was unemployed at the time. And my girlfriend was basically working and she was making good money as a bartender slash waitress. And so she would um, supply all these bad habits, you know, and I wasn't fully against it. I knew there was something wrong with it, but at that point I was kind of so giving up on life that I just enjoyed being high and playing video games and partying. So fast forward a bit here, um, at the age of 28, we were already doing ecstasy and cocaine and molly and um, mushrooms and just different drugs and drinking many times a week. Um, she was drinking almost daily. I would probably drink with her, not as much as she did, but we'd both be drinking. And um, yeah, it just so happened that one day 
there was um a do uh, uh it was like a drug dealer a friend of hers who said hey i have these shrooms and we'd done shrooms before and they didn't really affect me very much but he said hey, I have these shrooms they're really really powerful they're really strong they're not they're not like your normal dose of shrooms um so i don't know if they were laced i don't really know so you guys just be the judge of what was on those shrooms or whether they're just normal shrooms i don't know i know that most people can't die from shrooms there's a very small percentage of people where it's ever been fatal or brought them into the er but um just be the judge of what i say and uh, take it wherever god leads you for me it felt like a near-death experience um, looking back at it now i can't say that it wasn't but i would definitely say that you know i didn't clinically die but I definitely left my body. And so these shrooms, I took these shrooms and um, he said only do half because you have enough for two trips, two for you and two for your girlfriend. And he said, make sure not to take too many because they're super, super strong. Well, I had um, just at that point kind of been in some depression and we we're doing shatter, which is like a stronger form of weed, like really coats your lungs and just really messes you up, but gets you super high. And I don't know if we had shatter that night or not, but we definitely were smoking it at the time, I believe. And um, I ended up doing these shrooms. And first I did like ha half the dose. And then my girlfriend did some and she was like, fine. She's like, I don't really want any more. And so there was like, there was a lot left and uh, there was enough for two more trips. And I ended up taking all of it, her, her portion and my portion. And um, shortly after that, I started feeling like I couldn't breathe. And uh, when I felt like I couldn't breathe, I was like, well, what's going on, you know? Um, I never experienced anything like that. I felt like somebody was choking me and my esophagus was just closing up. So I went and I cracked open a, a, a coconut. We had some fresh coconut water at home at the time. This was in Chicago, by the way. I was living in Illinois um, near Chicago and the suburbs. And um, I started to drink this coconut and uh, I was like, man, I need to parch my throat. Maybe it's all the weed and maybe that's why I can't breathe. But no matter how much of the coconut I would drink, I just I just couldn't breathe and uh, eventually I just blacked out and I remember leaving my body I remember my um, soul coming out of my eye I don't know how to explain it but you know the Bible doesn't say this but I know some people say that like the eyes are the windows uh, to the soul and I remember my soul leaving my body just coming out and at the time I was agnostic slash atheist leaning towards I don't know if there's anything but more than likely there isn't right it's just what we see what we feel we're just products of evolution, uh, Big Bang. And um, I was definitely deceived. And so at that moment, I looked down and I could see my body on the ground. And as I'm looking at my body on the ground, I started to feel this peace come over me, which was really interesting because I kind of freaked out at first and there was this peace. This peace came over me and I felt like something or someone was trying to speak to my heart and be like, it's going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, I went through this black tunnel. Um, well, back up a second. I don't want to skip this part. It's important. So when I did come out of my body and I went, I was about to go in that black tunnel, I felt like I was connected to all the universe, like every bit of this universe, all the people, like I was connected to it. Uh, we were all one, right? And um, just to let you know, the Bible backs that up. That idea brought me into Buddhism later on, but the Bible backs it up. It says that we've all been born through Adam and Eve and we are all one of the flesh. So um, there, there was that, that experience helped me later to believe the Bible, um, even though it took me in the wrong path at first. So going right back, um, I, 
I felt like I was connected to everything. And then in a moment, just like in a, just like in a split moment, I felt how all of a sudden I just got disconnected from all those things I was connected to. And then I fell down this black uh, tunnel and I was just falling, 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 falling. And I just continued falling. And it just seemed like so long of a time that I was falling. And all of a sudden I slowed down and I hit the bottom of this pit. And I was looking up on my back. I was on my back with my arms spread out like this. And um, I couldn't move. I tried to move and I felt like I had some kind of spiritual like chains just holding me. And they felt like, um, they felt like this numbness, this numb ele electrical feeling just going around my arms and, and my body just felt like it was locked in place. So I couldn't move. And, um, and I'll tell you, you know, hell, there's no freedom there. There's absolutely no freedom in hell. Um, you want to do something and you can't. Here you get free will. God gives you free will. It's a gift. When you go to hell, the gifts of God are taken away from you. And um, I couldn't move. I couldn't think of any really positive things. I started freaking out. I started having all this fear come over me. And uh, I started really crying out. Like, I don't explain. Not with my mouth, but in my soul. It's like telepathic. Just crying out telepathically to something or someone. And just having this strong, strong regret, strong remorse of just making all these mistakes in my life and just being selfish and just doing all the wrong things. And I started, I started thinking about how disappointed my mom would be if I actually was dead, you know? Because in that moment, definitely felt like I was dead. I was not in my body. And um, it definitely felt like I was going to hell. And I, I started having a strong remorse and fear of what everyone was going to experience, like my girlfriend, my mom, um, even my dad. Like, actually, I didn't think about him too much. I thought a lot about my mom, actually, at that moment, because she was the one that I'd been raised by. And I just had such a regret about my decisions. And so I all of a sudden got transferred. And I don't know how to explain this. I don't know if I was pulled out or if it was like a teleportation. I don't know. But I got dropped into my bed. Now, when I say into my bed, it was an exact duplicate of my bed. And um, just to kind of give some background here, I couldn't really explain what I was experiencing until I saw another YouTube video. There was a guy who had a near-death experience and he saw these cubicles in hell. And in these cubicles, people would be experiencing like their house or like a, a, a field outside their house or, or like a place that they knew. Um, that they were very much like familiar with in this life but it was a complete replicate of that in this cube in hell and i believe that's where um, the lord allowed me to go i believe that shrooms and psychedelics really open a big door to the demonic i know that many psychedelics can't kill you but they can definitely play an effect on your cardiovascular system and on your breathing they do affect your brain and uh, the way you breathe um, like I said, be the judge. I, I believe those shrooms were laced with something. I don't know what they were, but they were definitely not normal shrooms. And if they were, then hey, you know, praise God that uh, he allowed me to go through that without actually like fully dying so that I don't have to go to hell forever. But he definitely, uh, there was definitely a portal that opened and brought me to that place. And so anyway, okay, so now I'm in this cubicle, right? I'm in this place that looks exactly like my house. And, um, I'm, I'm waking up in the bed, I stand up, or I sit up on the edge of the bed, and I look in the mirror, there's a mirror right next to my bed, and I look exactly the way I look now, but it was my soul, but I couldn't tell, it's like your soul and your physical body look so similar, and I was looking in the mirror and I could see myself, 
But then I realized, wait a second, where's my girlfriend? Where are our dogs? We had a Husky and a Yorkshire Terrier. We had two dogs at the time. And there was this like pitch blackness about the room. Yet I could see myself, but there was this like darkness. It was so dark. And I looked out the window and it was even darker. And there was no stars in the sky, nothing. It was just pitch black. So it was kind of freaky and creeped me out. I had this fear come over me. And as this fear came over me, I um, got up and I decided, okay, I'm gonna get out of this room because um, it was dark and I didn't like it. And I went looking for my girlfriend. And I went into the kitchen because the kitchen was really close. It's like, there's like our room, the living room and then the kitchen. So I went through the living room and into the kitchen and there's the front door. And it was so wild. There was this pure white light coming out of the front door of the kitchen and I really wanted to go towards the white light and yet I couldn't it's like something was hindering me from going there it's like I wasn't worthy to go into the light so I was just kind of stuck in this kitchen and I look up at the clock and the time is like barely moving everything's standing still I recognized that there was a lack of um, time human concept of time in this place it almost felt eternal and uh, I started to really freak out I'm gonna cut this short because this isn't gonna be a long video um, but maybe I'll make a longer testimony with more details about the feelings and everything I saw But I'm gonna cut it short right here so I can get more into um, getting born again. So um, Basically at that point I felt hopelessness anxiety fear all, all the feelings that you feel when you're hopeless including depression and stress and Just a lack of hope all those feelings just bombarded my soul and my mind and I and I started to freak out and uh, the more I would be tormented um, the more I started realizing, hey, you did these drugs, you might never go back to your body again. Um, and I started having this intense fear come over me. And I started hearing the voice of my girlfriend saying, no, wake up, wake up, wake up. And uh, later she told me it wasn't her. She never said those things. So I believe it was demons. I believe it was demons mimicking the voice of my girlfriend, trying to put me into a greater place of fear by making me feel like I was dead. They were really like creating this uh, near-death experience um, in this moment for me to like freak me out and get me as traumatized as possible. Well, what ended up happening was um, the more it, this uh, fear would intensify, I got to a place where I started to realize, oh my gosh, like I did these drugs, now I'm stuck in this in this like loop, and I would black out. So the closer I'd get to realizing that I did drugs and realize what happened to me, then I would black out and I would wake up in the bed again. And I would relive the same moment, wake up, look at myself, think about where I'm at. One thing that I'll say that's very important is I had no ability to think of anything positive or good. Everything that I thought about was just the bad things in my life. There was nothing good, no remembrance, not a shred of good that I could think about. There wasn't any good moments I could remember. There weren't any good feelings I could remember. It's like every person I thought about and every relationship I thought about, it was just all the negative stuff. So I believe the Bible says that there's like no remembrance of God in hell. And um, you know, there's a forgetfulness that has to do with being there. But yet I think that you're reminded of all the negative stuff because I was reminded of all these bad negative things that I had done and that I had done to people. So I just had more and more regret, remorse, and fear. And I was hoping that this would just end and I'd get another chance to come back. So anyway, this continued to loop and this, this kept on going on and on and on and on and on. And every time the understanding that I was um, like either dead or dying continued to get, like the understanding came quicker. And every time it came quicker, the torment got stronger. And so this went on what felt like eight to 15 years in this place. That's how it felt, right? That's not how long it was, but that's what it felt like. And um, on earth, 
I was going through this for maybe an hour and a half, that specific moment. So for an hour and a half on earth felt like eight and a half years to 15 years in that place. So at one point I heard a voice of a man. It, seemed, it was like kind of yelling at me, but in an authoritative way. And um, this voice said, get up and wake up. And it echoed. And then all of a sudden I remember um, finally waking up in my bed and this time it wasn't just a duplicate of the bed, it was actually my bed. And I look over to my right and there's my girlfriend and I realize, oh, praise God. Or, well, I didn't believe in God, right? But I was like, oh, maybe I did say thank God without even really understanding, right? But anyway, I just thanked something, right? And I was so happy to be back and the colors looked more vibrant. Well, that experience led me uh, down a rabbit trail of seeking for truth and um, like I said, I have to cut this short, but I, I was seeking for truth and it led me into, first into Zen. I got really deep into Zen meditation. Then that led me into Buddhism. They kind of go hand in hand. Um, then I went through Taoism, Qigong, energy manipulation, um, Taoism, yoga, Reiki. Um, Reiki is like a form of healing in the new age using electrical current and energy that we harness from the environment around us. Um, called like the web but it's it's not real I mean with Reiki you're getting filled with the demonic so um, I, I went through all kinds of things I, I took a course called the Wim Hof course if you know Wim Hof with these breathing exercises stay away from that guy he's deceived he's following uh, demons and he's filling people with the demonic through his practices um, basically I was meditating and getting energy from the earth right and so it was more of like a earth worship worshiping of the earth and um, you know, it was all for a good reason. I, I wanted people to get healed. I wanted to help people. And yet it was the wrong way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And I was not going through Jesus for sure. Um, then I got into something called Christ consciousness, which I started to believe that you can uh, raise your vibrational frequency to such a level where now you're living through the consciousness of Jesus Christ. And so you basically are kind of like Christ. Um, so yeah, so going through all these things um, led me to share with one of my friends how to meditate. And at that time, I was seeing demons. I could see dark entities around me. Um, some had wings, some didn't have wings. Uh, some had horns, some didn't have horns. I would have these hellish nightmares. The, the more I kept on going towards truth, seeking after truth, because not one thing that I was doing was answering this i guess it wasn't it wasn't giving me the the fulfillment right it wasn't answering the real question i had which is what is the answer to life and i couldn't find any fulfillment out of all these practices that i was doing and one day i was teaching my buddy how to meditate and see he grew up christian in a christian home he was like my best friend but he himself had never surrendered his life to jesus as lord he believed in jesus but he was living in sin and so he was living, he was doing adultery and fornication and lust and drugs and everything. But he said something to me, which changed my entire life. So praise God for my friend, you know, he's still not saved in this moment, but I praise God for him because God used him. And he said to me, what you're doing, it's not good because the ruler of this earth is Lucifer, who is an angel of light. He told me about the devil and how Lucifer fell from heaven and how he became Satan. Lucifer means the bringer of light. And I started to realize like, man, if that's true, 
because I was realizing the Illuminati, the Freemasonry. I was into New Age. I, I was really like seeking after truth. I was a truth seeker. And just hearing about Lucifer really opened my understanding with like, whoa, okay, that answered my question on if God is good and loving and he saved me from that despair that I went through when I took those like lace shrooms, then if he's so good, then why is there so much evil? And um, that answered my question. And I started reading the Bible. And, uh, you know, the Bible teaches that, you know, Adam and Eve um, ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They ate the fruit. Um, their sin was disobedience to a loving father who was God, who warned them not to. Um, remember, all things God made in the garden are good, right? So the tree itself wasn't bad. It just, it wasn't their time to know, right? God has a timing for everything. And he said, don't eat. And they still ate. And they were deceived by the serpent who is Lucifer or Satan, meaning the adversary, our enemy. And, um, and then I realized, well, the Bible says there's this amazing promise that Jesus Christ, um, that a man would be born through Eve, through her descendants. And um, Jesus Christ was that man who was born of a virgin. Uh, I started realizing, okay, well, why was he born of a virgin? I realized, wow, he was born of a virgin because I was born from a human father and a human mother who are flawed. All of us are. And um, because of that, I, I started realizing, wow, I saw my own fallibility. I saw the evil in my own life. I saw the darkness within because of all the meditation I had done. I was seeking for the God within me. And instead I found all this brokenness and evil and lies and deception and pride and anger and lust. And um, I started realizing, wow, Jesus was born of a virgin because if he was born of a man, he'd be a sinner like me. But Jesus was born of a virgin, meaning that he was born of a pure woman and God was his father he created him through the spirit the body of jesus was created by the spirit of god and so jesus was born pure see the first adam was born pure and then jesus was born the second adam the first adam disobeyed god the second adam fulfilled all of god's laws and commands through love and when i realized that i started realizing jesus is the way at the age of 30 it says jesus was baptized in water and he came out and received the power of god the holy spirit he healed the sick cast out demons and then at the age of 33, the religious leaders crucified him because Jesus was talking to prostitutes and drug dealers and all kinds of sinners. And he was talking to them, letting them know that they were born in bondage and yet they've sinned against the holy God and God wants to forgive them. And if they were to follow him and repent, that God would give them this new life and that it would be through Jesus' sacrifice that they could receive it. And this just really hit home to me because I was always a big fan of movies like Star Wars, where Darth Vader was like, gave his life for Luke, right? Or, um, so it's funny how the things the devil creates, God uses for good. Um, I was a big fan of The Matrix, right? How Neo gives his life uh, for the people. And so that was like, wow, that's the kind of God that I believe in. Uh, a God that is like selfless and giving and loving and wants to save, not wants to judge and condemn. And yet I still have my questions about hell, right? And then I realized that, well, hell is just, it's just a consequence of not giving up to God the things that he says are evil. It's not that he wants to send me there. It's that I wasn't willing to give those things up. And so he was showing me through my trip on shrooms and through my near-death experience, which I believe it was, that, that he didn't want me to go there, but he was warning me that's where I would end up if I continued living in my sin. And so... I realized if Jesus died on that cross, which he did, the religious leaders crucified him because they were so mad that he was saying that sinners could be saved. And they had the laws of Moses thinking that they were good because they kept these laws. And yet the Bible says in Romans that all have sinned and fallen short from God's standard. 
So the religious leaders were self-righteous. And Jesus said, I didn't come to save the righteous ones, but the sinners. Meaning that we have to admit we're sinners first before we can get saved, right? And then I realized that God was uh, talking in the word about how he can give me a new heart. And I just got so convicted one day. Um, I was in my kitchen. Um, I was in my kitchen, like just washing dishes. And I got super convicted. I heard the scripture that said, the kingdom of heaven is not here nor there, but it is within you. And I looked in me and I saw the depression and anxiety and fear and brokenness and lust and just every sin I've ever committed, even adultery. Um, and I knew, I knew that there's no heaven inside of me. And I said, God, I want, I want heaven. That's like the whole purpose of my searching for you is to just want heaven in me. I want you. I'm tired of this existence the way it is here. I hate this place. I hate, I hate myself. And, um, and I said, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe you're the son of God. And, um, and in that moment, you know, I, I had already heard through the scripture that he was raised from the dead on the third day because he was innocent. And that if I was to die in my sin, I, I'd be raised to judgment one day. The Bible says God's going to raise all the dead. Those who die having faith in Jesus Christ and following him, being born again, will not be judged into the lake of fire, which is Satan's final judgment. The lake of fire is where Satan's going to go because that's his eternal dwelling place, his eternal judgment of torment because he's chosen to, to rebel against God who is love. And then anyone who follows him will go to that place. And I had the strong conviction, I don't want to go there. <laughs> but I also didn't want to keep living the way I was living. I wanted to be with God. I wanted to be in the kingdom of heaven. And um, I cried out and I said, Jesus, I know you died for me. I believe, I don't see you with my eyes, but I believe. And I said, give me a new heart and help me to love people the way you do. That was my prayer. Give me a new heart, help me to love people the way you do. I said, or just kill me, take my life. I'm tired, I'm tired of living the way I am. I'm not, I'm not okay. And um, it says that the, the meek shall inherit the earth. So you have to be meek when you come to God. Can't be proud. And in that moment, something supernatural happened. I felt this immense peace come into my kitchen. It was so intense. And I just knew that Jesus was there because I just cried out to Jesus. I prayed to tons of different gods before, Kali, Vishnu, like different gods, right? And goddesses. And... But Jesus came and I didn't see him with my eyes, but I felt his presence. I felt this immense peace. It was so intense. And all my hair stood up in my body. And I just felt like someone was pouring water on me, like spiritual water. And I felt this fire in my chest, right where my heart is. It was like a little pinpoint of fire right in my heart. And then it started to spread throughout my heart. And it just engulfed my whole heart in flames. It just felt like my, my heart was on fire. I wasn't doing any drugs, just totally sober. At that point, I had been done with drugs for a while. I'd just been meditating and stuff, right? But I didn't, I, of course, I didn't know well, that's a different topic. Is, is uh, Eastern meditation good or not? I'd say no. But anyway, um, I realized that me asking God for a new heart, he was putting one in me. And I felt this fire in my chest. And I put my hand on my chest, see if it was real. And it was. I felt heat going through my hand. But I didn't feel any pain. It just felt like something was cleansing me. 
And the Bible says in Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 36, he says, I will take out your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And in that moment, I think, and I know that God gave me a heart of flesh and he let me feel it with holy fire. And I just started weeping and I don't normally cry, guys. I, I, I've always tried not to cry because it's like, it's not the manly thing to do, right? Man, I started weeping, just sobbing, like, like ugly crying, right? Like heaving, <laughs> um, but it was beautiful. I fell to my knees. I felt the weight of God's glory on me, his presence. The light above me started flickering uncontrollably. I feel like, I, feel, I believe Jesus was casting demons out of me right there, just setting me free. And um, I just, Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe God's grace came upon me that day to save me and to show me who he is, to reveal himself to me. And um, God showed me like, just like, just like in a movie, like I was there on my face, just weeping. And I just saw like, like um, scene after scene, just right? Like all these scenes of all my sin, all the things I'd ever done, my lust, my perversion, my hatred, my anger, my pride, my arrogance, everything, my lack of faith, uh, my idolatry, gluttony. And I just started repenting. I mean, God spoke to my heart so clear right there. It wasn't some audible voice like Enoch, but I heard God's voice in my heart, that still small voice, and he told me, repent. And that's what Jesus said when he came first into his ministry, he said, repent. For if you do not repent, you will all likewise perish. And I just started repenting. God was like, if you want me, you need to let go of these sins. You need to let go of the stuff in your heart, you know? I knew I couldn't do it without him, but he was there. So I started repenting. I started letting everything go. And um, yeah, it was super powerful. I mean, I just felt cleaned, washed. And um, my eyes were different, you know? Before my eyes were all like, I had, I had, um, I had reached enlightenment in the new age through, through meditation. My eyes were like this. <laughs> like all the time, just open, you know? Like my third eye was all open and stuff. Guys, don't get into that. That's a bunch of demonic worship it's not true it's all lies um sorry if i offend you but that's just the truth it's all lies it's all the devil's plan to deceive you and take you away from jesus christ and his salvation jesus is the only way and in that moment i felt completely changed my girlfriend came home that night and uh, remember she was a bar uh, bartender partier like women she's bisexual uh, man bible says when god makes you new he makes you new she came home she looked at me she said who are you? I don't even recognize you. Where's my boyfriend? And I started sharing the gospel with her, with what I knew, right? I know more now, but back then, just the simplicity of what I knew. And it was effective. She was immediately convicted. She started repenting, confessing that she cheated on me the first year, three times or so, maybe four, I don't remember. doesn't matter. The Lord, the Lord gave me the supernatural peace when she told me those things. And I just like, I couldn't be angry. I just, I knew the devil had me my whole life. I knew that all the stupid things I'd ever done, that was the devil who influenced me to do them. I chose to do them. We have free will. We are going to be judged for what we've done. But Bible says we're slaves to sin. So that's why God's salvation is a gift. He wants to give us mercy, not judgment. But we have to admit our sin to get free from it, right? And, and be baptized. Amen? So she, um, she confessed. She ran to the bathroom crying. And like, 
the Lord brought a verse to me about like the uh, the, the prostitute Mary Magdalene who was weeping at the feet of Jesus, and the Lord said, "Give her, give her another chance. I forgave you so much. You forgive her too." So I forgave her, and we continued. Um, let me check how long this video is. One sec. Whoo! All right, we went over time. It's 39 minutes. So if you guys want to hear more, um, I'll make another video at some point, um, maybe outside of Angela's channel, um, to to share more with what happened afterwards. But let's get. So at that moment, that was me getting saved. Fast forward here real quick. We moved to Costa Rica a month later. I did a 40-day water fast. Um, I only got to like day 23. God spoke to me clearly. Said go to Costa Rica. I went to Costa Rica. I'd been seeking to get baptized, I got baptized in the water. I lived in Costa Rica for about a year. And then the Lord told me to go back to Chicago. I went back to Chicago, started street preaching, evangelizing, healing the sick, casting out demons. Um, God's power was moving mightily in my life. I was fasting often. I did a 40 day water fast. God really opened my eyes with that fast in terms of like seeing that I can do anything through him and feeling more of his love. Um, and then now the Lord, after helping me be a part of seven home groups in Chicago. God sent me back to Costa Rica, told me to sell everything I have, give stuff away, come down here with me and my wife, Lisa, and my two kids. And um, we've been living here now for two years. We've baptized probably over 120 people. Um, we're sharing the gospel everywhere we go. Um, basically, I'm an evangelist at this moment, and I live by faith here in Costa Rica. Um, yeah, so. And I'll also be making a social media platform at some point to encourage the rest of the body. So anyway, that's kind of everything. The last part, kind of because we're at 40 minutes now. Sorry, Angela. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I didn't realize. Anyway, so now um, just to kind of close it up. Um, one thing that I want to tell you guys about Jesus. One thing. One thing about Jesus. There's so many things, Lord. Okay. He loves you. He loves you. Whatever your name is, watching this video, put, imagine Jesus saying, I love you. And then I want you to fill that I love you in. At the end, I want you to put your name. And I want you to know that he says, I love you because you're the only and then fill in your name again. You're the only one. There might be others with your name, but you're the only one. Your soul is a very specific imprint that God created. Yeah, you might have a lot of junk in your life. You might be lost. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you do know Jesus and are struggling, but he loves you. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day, and he died for your sins, not just for others, but for yours, and that you wanna confess him over your life, it's not just a word thing, it's from a heart. You wanna confess him from the heart out of your mouth that he's Lord. You're making him Lord. You're choosing to agree that what God says is good, no matter what you feel, what God says is right, and you're willing to follow that. You're gonna make him Lord. The Bible says that you should repent of your sins and be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And the promise is that he will wash away your sins, not with the water, but because your conscience in that moment is clean and you're coming to surrender and you'll be buried in baptism with Jesus Christ because of the faith that you possess. And you're guaranteed, Romans 6 says, if you've died with him, then you're guaranteed that you'll rise up with him. That if you truly believe in him and you've died to your old life, you've let go of your life to follow him, you'll receive 
the Holy Spirit. You'll receive a new life. It will never die. So that's what I say. Jesus loves you so much. God bless you guys. I hope you enjoyed the video. Sorry it went over a bit. And, um, but it doesn't matter. Jesus is Lord. And please make him Lord of your life today. In fact, let me pray with you. Let's pray, okay? If you don't know Jesus, I want you to close your eyes. You still need to get up right now after this prayer and I need you to go and get baptized at a local church or with a Christian friend. And when you get baptized and you get on that water, I want you to know that that's the end of your old life forever. Don't ever look back. But right now, let's pray. Let's pray that God will come into your life, whether you're a backslidden Christian, whether you're um, a non, whether you're a non-believer, whether you're a backslidden Christian, or whether you're just a Christian that needs to grow in their faith. Let's pray together. Close your eyes. So, Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, come with your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want you guys to repeat this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent. I turn from all my sin, everything I've committed that defiled me, everything that you hate, I repent of it right now. I don't want anything to do with it anymore. And I come out of agreement with Satan. Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son, that he was born of a virgin, that he was baptized and received the Holy Spirit, and that he died on a cross for my sins. And because he was innocent, he defeated the power of death. And he rose from the dead on the third day. Lord God, I believe this with all my heart, and I choose to follow Jesus Christ, your son. I choose to follow God right now and today. I renounce the devil, Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Lord God, for filling me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the strength to be baptized and fully repent of everything. And if I've been baptized, give me the strength to continue following you till the end and never deny you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. And I'm gonna say a prayer for you. Father, I thank you for everyone watching. In the name of Jesus, right now, any demonic spirits attacking any individual watching this, I command you all to go. Every spirit, every demonic spirit, go right now. Go in Jesus' name, leave right now. Come out, go into the pit and come back no more. Father, fill these people with your Holy Spirit and I speak life over their body right now. Be healed from physical ailments and any emotional trauma. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Love you guys. I hope you enjoyed the testimony. Thank you, Angela, for having me on your channel. I bless Angela's ministry, and I encourage you guys to continue watching her content. It's definitely powerful. She has a lot of people on here that are definitely uh, inspirational to me, and I look forward to just seeing some of you guys in person maybe one day in costa rica you want to come down here this place needs help i bless you guys in jesus name amen thank you so much for taking the time to watch this testimony tuesday video i really pray that you were blessed by it give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the heaven and healing podcast channel if you haven't already we go live on this channel every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. So set your notification bell and come back and see us really soon. And do consider partnering with the Heaven and Healing Ministry. There's a QR code up on the screen for you to become a monthly partner. Or if you just feel led to sow a one-time seed, there are different options to do so down below in the episode description. Heaven and Healing is entirely crowdfunded, only made possible through the generosity of the audience. So anything at all means so much to us. We thank you for your support and prayers. God bless. Jesus loves you.